emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmin. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmin's.
hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemmons. And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hey guys, we're back on another Tuesday edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I hope you saw the promo that we were circulating on last evening regarding uh, one of the topics we plan to discuss during tonight's show is the black vote for sale. Uh, we uh, plan to dive into this question uh, that P. Diddy addressed uh, during an interview uh, sometime last week, I believe, uh, with model Naomi Campbell. And uh, he suggested that the black vote is not going to be for sale in November. And uh, we get into this. This question because he raises a lot of uh, concerns in my mind about the timing of this question. I I agree with the spirit of it, but I'm not exactly uh, in in line with or in sync with the timing of it. And we'll get into that uh, during the second uh, or the first segment of tonight's show. Um, and in the second segment of tonight's show, uh, we plan to talk about Don Lemon, uh, CNN anchor Don Lemon's. Uh, uh, recent comments directed towards uh, President Donald Trump and uh, his uh, obvious jealousy of former President Barack Obama. Uh, he made some uh, comments during his show that uh, has really lit up social media, and we uh, will definitely plan on sharing that during the second segment of tonight's show. Uh, can't wait to get into that as well. And then uh, rounding out the three, the three topics for tonight's show, we uh, are going to be talking about episode five and six of the last dance the michael jordan chicago bulls uh quest for that sixth nba championship that's been documented uh by espn uh the last dance airs every uh sunday uh at 9 p.m and we're at episode five and six of a 10-part documentary so uh we're going to be sharing our thoughts about that and um, you know uh, what we thought about the episode five and six, as well as uh, some of the issues that came out of five and six. And I can't wait to get into that in the third segment of tonight's show. And then, of course, we have a dynamic thought of the week uh, taken from uh, a very iconic uh, African-American poet by the name of Gil Scott Harand. The, tele the, the revolution will not be televised. I think this is a powerful uh, poem and spoken word piece that is directly in line with the spirit of tonight's show. And we're going to be sharing that powerful doc that powerful spoken word piece with you during our thought of the week. So guys, we've got a great show in store for you. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN or hit us up on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show. Um or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or leave us a comment right from our official Thinking Out Loud uh, fan page at michaelnemons.com. A lot of ways to keep in touch with us. And speaking of keeping in touch with us, uh, as a listener, guys, we're putting together a listener event, our first of its kind for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, we're doing it Monday, May the 11th at 8 p.m. 
And this event is going to take place virtually, of course, uh, through the Zoom video conferencing software. We're going to be posting a link on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page and uh, on Instagram and on Twitter so you can be a part of it. Uh, Guys, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to have some questions for you. And of course, you'll be able to ask us some questions as well. And the great thing about this conversation is it's going to be a part of our Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast next Tuesday, uh, May the 12th. So, guys, we got a lot th- a lot of great things planned for uh, you, and we hope that you can be a part of it. Feel free to share the link on social media when we post it. Invite your friends and family and loved ones to be a part of this listener event uh, because we want to uh, give you an opportunity to voice your opinions and uh, your thoughts on a number of different topics. So uh, get ready for that, guys. Uh, Our Thinking Out Loud radio show listener event this coming May the 11th, Monday at 8 p.m. I look forward to seeing you there. We hope you guys are staying home and staying safe during this time of quarantine. But at that, at the same time, we hope you guys are tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show each and every week because we enjoy sharing with you. We enjoy you being a part of uh, our Thinking Out Loud radio show family. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. Well, guys, we're going to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we get right into the question of is the black vote? for sale sharing with you what p diddy had to say about that and giving you our thoughts as well we'll see you on the other side of this break it's a thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back you're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. 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 Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast 
Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. The black vote is not going to be for free. We're going to have to see some promises. You know, what are we getting in return for our vote? Nothing has changed for black America. And in order for us to vote for Biden, we can't be taken for granted like we always are because we're supposed to be Democrats or because people are afraid of Trump. It's whoever's going to take care of our community, whoever wants to make a deal, it's, it's, it's business at this point. You know, we can't trust politicians, you know, so we want to know very clearly, just like Trump made it clear that he wanted to build a wall, Biden needs to make it clear that he's going to change the lives and quality of life of black and brown people, or else he can't get the vote. I will hold the vote hostage if I have to. You said it here, you said it first. Breaking news! Breaking news! Well, guys, we are back, and uh, as I said before the break, we're going to be talking about the question, is the black vote for sale? That's right, guys. We opened up this segment with some comments that rap mogul P. Diddy recently made, uh, and uh, very controversial comments. He basically said that uh, the black vote in November will not be for sale, and uh, we, we wanted to talk about that and really get into that discussion tonight about is the black vote for sale and what are the implications of what he said I understand what he was trying to say but I'm not sure if I completely agree with what he's saying and the timing of it Uh, and I'll explain Uh, but before I do that I want to uh, talk about what I think he meant first and then I'll share with you why I disagree with what he said um, let's start here first this is what I believe he he meant that the black vote is not going to be taken for granted in November the black vote black interests the black voice our black concerns the black people are not going to be taken for granted in November uh, and he wanted Joe Biden to know that he understands that Joe Biden is the Democratic presumptive nominee, but he also wants him to understand that the black vote is not um, is, is not something that he doesn't have to work for. And I I agree with him in uh, the spirit of what he's saying. Because historically, the black vote has uh, arguably been taken for granted by politicians. And we see it happen all the time. I remember as a kid being in church and, you know, during election time, where do politicians go when they want the black vote? They go to the church. They go to the black church. And so I remember politicians coming in and out of the church um, during election season 
interrupting the services, giving their stomp speeches as to why we should vote for them. And uh, this this always happened, and it was annoying to me as a kid, and I really didn't understand it. But as I got older, I began to understand why that was so. And the black vote was politicians understood the power of the black vote. They understood that if they had the black community behind them, when it, when it came time to vote, the odds would be more in their favor. That they would come out victorious And I believe that's what He was saying in so many words And that is the essence of what I think Diddy was trying to say When he made the statement But uh, here's why I disagree with what he said We're in a season now where We only have two candidates left For the, for the presidential race in November and it's the current occupant of the White House and former Vice President Joe Biden if Joe Biden according to P. Diddy's comments still has to earn the black vote what happens if he doesn't earn it does it go to Donald Trump because he's the only other candidate that we have to vote for. And it just seems to me where this statement is problematic because we all know how bad we want Donald Trump out of the White House. We all know what kind of president he is and how he will go down in history as probably uh, the worst, uh, one of the worst, if not the worst presidents of these United States and if you're saying that he that Joe Biden still has to earn your vote when there's no other democratic democratic nominee to defer to then what 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 are we left with I mean are you saying that we're not going to vote you're not going to vote and and that was one of the problems I had with uh, the Bernie Sanders camp. Um, you know, I think Bernie Sanders has a lot of great ideas. We talked about this a couple shows ago, but um, he said himself that um, when he bowed out, when he, when he stepped out of the race, there was no realistic path for him to become the presumptive Democratic nominee, and and so. What happened after that We start to hear Some of his own uh, Supporters say Well you know Joe Biden's got to earn my vote Huh Really You mean to tell me There's only two candidates left One is a Republican And one is a Democrat And the Democrat still has to earn your vote Knowing how bad the Republican already is, uh, come on, guys. I I just completely disagree with that logic, point blank. Because the question that I asked then is: Has Donald Trump earned your vote? And you know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that answer because you know. You got your stimulus check 
which is <laughs> Donald Trump Donald Trump's way of bribing us uh, during uh, this this uh, election process during this election season, I'm sure he's going to mention that as a part of his um, uh, election strategy. I guarantee that, especially when those who um, you know are getting the paper checks are delayed because they wanted to put his picture on the check. He wants you to know who's responsible. For the check that you're receiving And so really Trump is bribing you To vote for him So I guess in essence The black vote is for sale Or Trump at least thinks it is In that respect But this is again Where I differ with Diddy That we as a Democratic Party are still saying that Joe Biden has to earn our vote. And and I understand, you know, he has his problems. He has his, his foibles. You know, he's done some damage in the black community, um, you know, back during the um, super predator uh, 90s with with uh, with Clinton, President Clinton and his his wife, uh, First Lady Hillary, Hillary Clinton and the whole super predator uh, thing. And then and, 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 and the three strikes are out. He was a part of that um, legislation. But we are in a different era now. Now, I'm not trying to wash, wash over that period or even give him a pass for that. But um, this man has uh, served as the vice president for the first African-American president of this United States. And I believe that if President Obama saw the potential in Joe Biden eight years ago or a little 11 years ago when he first sought out to run for president of the United States. Um, then I think we as a as a people as a party should uh, consider Joe Biden uh, as a uh, a formidable candidate for president of the United States, and um, and we need to put all of those uh, uh, put all of those things aside and and really um, begin to coalesce behind him. And I believe Joe Biden understands the interests of the black community. He understands the power of the black vote. And by understanding the power of the black vote, I believe he's going to be thoroughly vested in our community. And the way he's going to show how interested and invested he is in our community is I, I believe he's not only going to pick a woman for president, but I believe he's going to pick an African American woman For president I believe Senator Kamala Harris Is one of his top uh, Is top on his list Of vice presidential uh, Candidates I truly believe that We'll see He hasn't made that known yet We still have a few We have, we have a little ways to go Before that uh, becomes a reality But again I believe that, that Joe Biden uh, understands the power of the black vote and in, in understanding that he is going to do everything he can to make sure that black people are behind him in November. 
and as recent as tonight's show recording, uh, we just received a um, article uh, posted by News One uh, that's entitled "Joe Biden Names His New Plan for Black People After the Negro National Anthem." Uh, according to News One, uh, battling sexual assault allegations that have recently dogged his presidential candidacy, the presumptive Democratic nominee on Monday made an effort to appeal to the bread and butter of his support base, black people, by naming his new plan for African Americans after the Negro National Anthem. Joe Biden is calling it the Lift Every Voice plan addresses some of the stereotypical topics associated with black people that like gun violence, criminal justice, but also will set aside funding for issues stemming from the disproportionate effect that COVID-19 has had on black people. Lift Every Voice and Sing is the name of what was first a poem before it became a song, also known as the Negro National Anthem. And I thought that this was very appropriate and apropos uh, that... Uh, Joe Biden uh, basically um, is issuing uh, his uh, response, in, in, uh, in my view, uh, to uh, P. Diddy's uh, comments about the black vote not being for sale. And, of course, uh, you know, the many other uh, voices from the black from black America that are speaking out regarding uh, the uh, the disproportionate effect of this COVID-19 virus on the African-American community and as you can see it seems to me that uh, former Vice President Joe Biden uh, you know is uh, has his ear to the street so to speak and he is seeing and hearing what is going on and he is putting together a proper response to um, the uh, wishes of uh, the black leaders uh, in the black community and uh, again I think that um, you know he is indeed listening as I believe he would uh, he has the ear of course of former President Barack Obama uh, and I believe uh, that uh, President Barack Obama is going to be one of his senior most advisors and this is the conversation that I wanted to have around this uh statement that P. Diddy made and then the other part of this that really um, concerns me is what he said at the end that he would hold up or hold um, hold it for hostage I really want to find out what that means to hold the black vote hostage as if he you know owns the black vote or I, I understand that he is a, a influencer. I'm sure if you went to his Twitter page, his Instagram page, his Facebook pages, he has millions of followers behind him, uh, and 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 there's no doubt that um, you know that he is a, a mogul in every sense of the word. But one thing I will not give him is that he owns the black vote and that he himself. Uh, holds the key to the black vote. You know what I'm saying? That that uh, he alone <laughs> can hold the black vote for hostage. I want to see what that looks like. I really do. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm interested to kind of see what that looks like. You know, uh, given 
you know what we're up against, given the 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 stakes of this uh, November election. So that statement there at the end really, you know, like what what does that mean? He would hold the black vote hostage. And in doing so, what are the consequences? You understand that if you don't vote, that's a vote for Trump. You understand that not going to vote in November, refusing to vote because Biden has not earned your vote, your candidate is, didn't win, you know, the, the, is not the presumptive nominee, whatever, whatever, that you not voting in November is really hurting you. It's like cutting your nose off to spite your face. You you only have yourself to be mad at because it was your fault that the results turned out the way that it did. And I think that's really what I want. The point I really want to hit home in this segment because it is so very important that we understand how critically important it is for us to vote in November. Us meaning those of us who are Democrats because we want to see a change in Washington. Trump has done enough He should have done enough in everybody's mind to warrant a change in Washington. And if you still need convincing, then you have to look yourself in the mirror and find out what is wrong with you. Are you on another planet? Do you is your Internet connection broke? (laughs) <laughs> you don't you know you, you haven't you know walked past a newspaper stand or or uh or seen cnn once or twice i'm i'm confused so early in this segment that i believe joe biden uh does not have to be reminded of the power of the black vote um he is surrounded by uh, by this notion he's surrounded by uh, uh, influential black leaders and uh, there's no way I, again I think that he would take uh, our vote for granted uh, again I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that again add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or go to our official fan page at michaelnimmons.com leave us a comment there or drop us a line at contact at michaelnimmons.com guys we're going to take our next break of the night but when we come back we're getting into don lemon's recent comments directed towards donald trump that's right guys we'll see you in a few minutes it's the thinking out loud radio show stay close you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Stop. 
Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Join the Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. All pro football player Derek Mason on Jay Z and the NFL. Jay Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who, if there's someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him, like, he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really, um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is always my first my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last 30 years, um, and I just created my own nonprofit, 501c3, called the Process Success Foundation to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just going to take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. What is it about President Obama that really gets under your skin? Is it because he's smarter than you? Better educated? Made it on his own? Didn't need daddy's help? His wife is more accomplished? Better looking? I don't know. What is it? What is it about him? He's a black man that's accomplished, became president. That he punked you on the whole birth certificate thing. What is it about him? Just wondering. 
Well, guys, we are back on the Is the Black Vote for Sale edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we addressed that question and gave you our thoughts on that question in the first segment of tonight's show in response to P. Diddy's rap mogul, P. Diddy's uh, recent comments he made in an interview with uh, model Naomi Campbell. Uh, and uh, basically saying that the black vote is not going to be for sale, putting former Vice President Joe Biden on notice that he cannot and should not take the black vote for granted. And we agree with him in part that he should not take the black vote for granted. And I don't believe he will, which is what we said in our first segment. But And I believe that he's going to demonstrate uh, that by selecting not just the first woman vice president, but the first black woman as vice president and his running mate for president of the United States. So that's going to be very interesting. Love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Again, add us to TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram, or hit us up on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, uh, or uh, send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com, or drop us a line right from our Thinking Out Loud face uh, Think Out Loud official uh, show page at michaelnemons.com. A lot of ways to keep in touch with us, guys. We would love to hear from you. But in this segment on tonight, we opened it up talking about or sharing with you some comments that CNN host Don Lemon recently made about uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> And uh, quite frankly, he's really saying what all of us are thinking. And what I love about Don Lemon is that he does not, uh, you know, mince words. He says what's on his mind and uh, made it very clear, you know, what Donald Trump could very well be thinking about uh, President, former President Barack Obama. Uh, of course, Donald Trump has not made it no made it any secret how he feels about President Obama. Uh, but Donald uh, Donald Trump, uh, um, you know, has always been, um, in my opinion, jealous of him, jealous of this man's charisma, swag, his intelligence. Uh, you know, President Obama is and was uh, a better president than Donald Trump, which isn't saying much. Uh, but um, not only that, I think President Obama uh, will go down in history as one of the greatest presidents this country has ever had of, you know, his uh, accomplishments because of what he brought to the table uh, and, and and representing uh, African-Americans uh, in a very uh, extraordinary way as the first African-American president of the United States. And so, um, you know, Don Lemon's comments, in my in my view, is what really everyone uh, <laughs> is thinking about Donald Trump and what his, you know, angsty is when it comes to President Obama. Because you see, Donald Trump is always trying to find a way to shift the blame from himself to his predecessor. Uh, that somehow this COVID-19 uh, virus is the fault of President Obama when we all know that it's not true or that the, the, the lack of preparation that this country uh, has had when it comes to this COVID-19 virus is the fault of President Obama. And that is also not true as well because uh, he did not have uh, this kind of uh, global pandemic 
in the eight years that he was president of the United States. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, and, you know, here we are three and a half years uh, into Donald Trump's presidency, and he is still uh, looking back at uh, the Obama years trying to place blame on on him in some way. And this man has been out of office and moved on with his life. So you see that it is not a Obama problem. It is a Trump problem. Definitely. It is a Trump problem. And uh, we saw this even before, uh, you know, Donald Trump became president. You know, he gave he was the one that came up with the whole birther issue, uh, trying to get President Obama to, you know, uh, show his birth certificate and prove that he was an American citizen because uh, Donald Trump had put it out there that he did not believe that uh, President Obama was a legitimate citizen of this country. There was even a moment during the 2011 White House Correspondents Dinner uh, where President Obama took the opportunity to uh, throw a couple zingers at uh, private, then private citizen Donald uh, Trump. Because, <laughs> again, Donald was uh, the one behind this whole birther movement. Uh, and uh, I think uh, President uh, Barack Obama uh, zinged him a couple times. Take a listen. Donald Trump is here tonight. Now, I know that he's taken some flack lately, but no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? Say what you will about uh, Mr. Trump. He certainly would bring some change to the White House. <laughs> all kidding aside, obviously we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, no, seriously, just recently in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice, at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. You fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. And I think it was really clever how uh, President Obama used that last dinner uh, to really uh, <laughs> put Trump in his place and let him know that, you know, let him know who's really in charge. He's the president of the United States and he uh, deserves your respect. As uh, even his wife gave the secrets uh, to their success and one of her uh, stomp speeches uh, for um, Hillary Clinton, I believe it was, uh, when she said, when they go low, we go high. And that has always been uh, the Obama's 
a secret to, to their success. They didn't get down in the muck and the mire with uh, their critics, uh, but they just let their actions speak for themselves. And they were they were and are very classy individuals. Um, it's always been a desire of mine to one day meet them. Hopefully one day I will get that opportunity. But I've always been uh fond of them like many of you have uh, and I just understand the enormous amount of pressure that the first African American president of the United States would be under and they carried themselves with class with nothing but class and that's what we expected from the first family, the first African-American family to, to, to occupy uh, the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But we don't we know we don't always get what we expect uh, from uh, politicians and especially uh, from those who share the same ethnicity as ours, <laughs> to put it that way. But, um, you know. I was just so impressed and still am impressed with how President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama carried themselves as well as their entire family carried themselves throughout his entire eight years in office. And and they still carry themselves with class and with dignity. They're not in the tabloids. Uh, they're not, you know, they've not they did not become a national embarrassment or a, uh, a global embarrassment at any point, you know, and uh, denigrate the office while they were. Uh, you know the occupants of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue they really made us and did us very proud I think um, you know in being the first African American president of the United States and again it comes with enormous amount of pressure serving in that position I cannot even imagine we can only we can only imagine rather um what that pressure was like because we only saw them you know through the television you know uh, through the news media and whatnot uh, and not really having an opportunity to, to, to see them up close and personal but um, from what we saw uh, we can just imagine the enormous amount of pressure that they were under uh, serving in that capacity and uh that I believe came with the territory and now and I think they understood that going in, which is why they were so effective in that position. Uh, I think, you know, I really <laughs> go back to 2007 when he first made his announcement to run. He was an unknown senator, uh, junior senator at that at that moment. Uh, no one really knew who he was. He had, uh, you know, given uh, his first national address during the Democratic National Convention a couple years prior. And. Um, and so he was a virtual unknown uh, when it came to the political spectrum. Uh, but uh, I, I just imagine when they sat down to strategize about, you know, this run, that they counted up the cost. That he sat down with his wife, his, his strategists, his political advisors, 
and uh, you know really laid it on the line and and said you know this is what I'm going to do this is going to be my approach to this presidency to this run to this candidacy and it's not going to just be how I run the run the, as a candidate but this is how I plan to govern uh, if I indeed become the next or the first African American president of the United States because he was not the first African American candidate to run but he was the first successful African American candidate uh, to run and win the presidency and he he ran and won because he first of all did not run as the black candidate he ran as the candidate for all Americans and he you know he did not uh, isolate himself as a civil rights candidate like some uh, you know candidates had done and done so in the past Reverend Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al Sharpton you know I think um, to to President Obama's credit uh, he looked at what they did and he expanded on uh, uh, that plan and that strategy to incorporate all Americans in that and so when in doing so uh, he became the candidate for all Americans because he realized that he was not going to be able to govern this country as uh, the black candidate or the black president for black America, but he was going to have to be the president for all Americans. And that is what um, I think made him such an effective president uh, in his eight years in office. And so, um, you know, there's much to be said about that. Books have been written about that. And one book I cannot wait to read is his autobiography. Um, you know, the, the book that he writes uh, I'm sure it's coming out very soon, uh, you know, post-presidency, you know, that that book that he writes to really undress himself and talk about, uh, you know, his experiences as the first African-American president of the United States. That is a book that I cannot wait to read. But um, going back to Don Lemon's comments, I mean, you can understand why uh, Trump would be a bit envious of Obama because he's followed the first African-American president of the United States and not one that was uh, uh, an embarrassment, an abject failure, but uh, a president that um, everyone adored, a president that everyone still wishes was president of the United States. And here we have someone that we cannot wait to get out of office. <laughs> so you could understand why uh, Trump would be jealous privately and publicly of President Obama, you know, um, because this man just has more charisma. He's far more intelligent, had far more going for him uh, than the current occupant of the White House. <laughs> you know, it goes without saying in my mind, but I would love to get your thoughts and your feedback about that as well. I mean, Don Lemon again told it like it T.I. is. Uh, and really, he was speaking directly to Donald Trump. I mean, I, if you heard the comments and saw the video, he was looking directly at the camera as if he was looking right at President Trump when he was saying those words to him. You know, why are you jealous? What, you know, uh, is it because of this? Is it because of that? <laughs> You know, so uh, I just thought I'd be, you know, we would spend a little time kind of reflecting on 
not just Don Lemon's comments, but reflecting on the presidency that was. Uh, because, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, were blessed, I believe, to have lived uh, to actually see that moment come to pass. We were blessed to actually see that that happen in our lifetime where many thought it would never happen. Many thought it would never come to pass. And yet we lived during a time when we witnessed the first African-American president of the United States. I remember when um, uh, when he became president and uh, I was a young father at that time. My son was, I believe, three years old uh, at the time. And I remember sitting him sitting with me in my uh, upstairs family room in a condo we were living in, watching the election results come in. And, and he could barely say the president's name at the time. But, uh, you know, he was we I wanted to make sure he knew that, um, you know, he was witnessing history. And I just I'm still um, proud of the fact that we lived and was able to we lived during the time in the era where we were able to witness the first African-American president of the United States. Such a great time in history. And I hope and hope for that. And, and what he really did was he gave us hope. Uh, he gave not just this country hope, but he gave our race hope. Uh, something to inspire to, something to aspire to, uh, to be like. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for that, and I know you are as well. want to give a shout-out to Sierra Gilliam, good friend of ours. Um, we affectionately call her Cece. Shouts out to her. She uh, posted a comment uh, related to the Don Lemon video we posted on Instagram. Uh, she says, good morning. At the end of the day, everything that's happening in all plan is all planned they want to push vaccines upon the people they want to take our rights away they are preparing us for the new world order we have to learn how uh, not to get distracted from any of these people on television we just have to try our best to stand up for what's right and also keep God first we can no longer dwell on the past but what's about to come is very very serious we all have to we all have work to do until uh, this brother actually stands up and renounces the evils we will just continue to just talk about who is right and who is wrong we have to take action as people of God and I'm not seeing anyone take serious action. We appreciate your comments, um, Sierra. Again, um, you are more than welcome to um, post your comments on Instagram. Add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Instagram and Twitter. Leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Guys, we're all over social media and we would love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again. Sierra for posting your comments during tonight's show. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take our next break of the night. But when we come back, we're giving you our thoughts on episode five and six of The Last Dance. This is probably one of the greatest documentaries that we've seen in a long time. We're going to talk about it when we come back. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay close. You're tuned in to the Thinking Loud, 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 loud,
giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. What's cracking Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemeth. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Now, when you played him in the final in '93, that was roughly 10 months after you guys had been together in Barcelona for the 92 Olympics, the dream team, the greatest team ever assembled in the history of sports, in my opinion. The legendary practice that was talked about there, because you guys were playing, you were so, the practices had to be so much better than any of the games that you wound up playing against any of the other countries. Those were very different times as far as international basketball. What do you remember about the legendary practice where Michael Jordan had to make sure his team won? Well, it, it, was a, it was a battle of egos. It was awesome. The best thing I've ever experienced in my life. Because you know, you had me and Carmelo, who were the best two power forwards in the world. We were trying to kill each other every day. You had Michael, who hated Clyde Drexler. They were trying to kill each other. <laughs> you had David Robinson, Scottie Pippen, trying to prove, prove who was the best center in the world. They were trying to kill each other. And then you had Magic, who was trying to prove because Scotty had just beat him in the, uh, the, you know, they had beat them in the finals. So he wanted to get revenge. So it was it was the most intense thing. Like not just, you know, people talk about this one day. It was like that every single day. Guys were all trying to prove their point. It was amazing. It was amazing for two reasons. Number one, we were all trying to kill each other. But it was also amazing. Once the game was over, we went back and got on the bus and went back to the hotel together. And we act like nothing ever happened. That's how cool it was. Taylor? You know the thing that wasn't cool, Charles, though, as a Bad Boys fan? That my hometown guy that won a championship in 89 and 90, Isaiah Thomas, was left off that squad. Did you have any thoughts or feelings at the time 
And what do you feel seeing that there's still some friction potentially between him and MJ, possibly about that to this day? Well, you know, Jalen, you guys were fantastic last week. I felt bad for Isaiah Thomas, to be honest with you, because I work with Isaiah and I like him a lot. And I thought, I thought some of the conversation after the fact was disrespectful to Isaiah. Isaiah and the Bad Boys, hey, listen, man, they wanted the best teams to ever do it. I thought, number one, I have no idea what happened while he was left off the team. Uh, I have no, I had, they never, they never, never, never asked us, asked me, number one, about Isaiah. Isaiah probably should have been on the team. I tell, I will say this. I think Isaiah, and he admitted, he probably should have shaken Michael Jordan's hand. But I was mad last week how different news outlets tried to make Isaiah be a bad guy. He made a mistake not shaking Michael's hand. But after that, he probably should have been on the dream team. You are 100% correct. But I just thought some of the, the stuff that happened to Isaiah after last week was disrespectful because uh, he's the greatest pure point guard ever. Him and John Stockton. Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard ever, but he's a, a freak of nature. But Isaiah Thomas and John Stockton are the two best pure, pure. When I say pure, I mean little guys to play the point guard. We are back on the It's a Black Vote for Sale edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we talked in our first segment about that question and P. Diddy's recent comments. And is the black vote for sale basically putting uh, former Vice President Joe Biden on notice that he's going to have to earn the black vote? But in my view, what is the consequence if he does not earn the black vote? Does that mean we're not going to vote? <laughs> no, not at all. And so uh, I talked about that in my in the first segment about how we disagreed with the timing of his comments, even though we understand the spirit of the comments that P. Diddy made. Uh, so uh, we've we've said our piece about that, but we'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that as well. And then in our second segment, we talked about Don Lemon's recent comments and remarks about uh, the uh, jealousy that exists between. Donald Trump and President Obama he made no uh, <laughs> made it very clear that Donald Trump is obviously jealous of President Obama and for a lot of reasons you know and um, much of which we agree with uh, President Obama is and was the greatest president in our nation's history a far better president than the current occupant of the White House which is not saying much but we understand why uh, Trump uh should be uh, jealous of uh, Obama swag. So we talked about that in the second segment. But in this segment, we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about uh, episode five and six of The Last Dance. This, guys, is, again, one of the best documentaries that we've seen in a long time, talking about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls run for their last, uh, their sixth NBA Title, but the documentary is not really uh, just about that. Uh, ESPN and Netflix did a really good job at uh, not just talking about uh, that 97-98 season, but they 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 go back in time and talk about uh, you know Michael Jordan coming into the league as an NBA star, uh, playing for the Chicago Bulls, what that team looked like before he got there, when he got there, 
and um, and then after he left as as well. Uh, but there are moments during the the documentary that you know really um, stand out. There's a lot of moments. I'm telling you guys, a lot of moments, and I'm sure you all will agree. But me being a, a Detroiter and a, a Bad Boys fan of the Detroit Pistons, uh, uh, some of the moments that really stood out for me were were those that uh, you know involved the Detroit Pistons and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Bad Boys era was uh, you know a big deal for us as Pistons fans back in the day. You know, 89 and 90 when the Detroit Pistons won back-to-back NBA championships. I remember uh, being excited as a young boy wearing uh, wearing the Bad Boys t-shirts and the swag from the Detroit Pistons uh, because you know Detroit was that the, the Motor City capital of the world uh, they we had that bad boy image and persona uh, and, and and it really played well for uh, not just for the team but for us as um, as citizens of the city of Detroit residents of the city of Detroit but um, of course as most documentaries do what makes it so great is it touches on some of the things that you know we we knew about and 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 talked about but really was not out in the media it, it, questions that were out there that you know were rumors but 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 really weren't necessarily addressed in the media there were you know a part of conversations that we all had uh you know amongst ourselves or we might have saw a news article here and there but nothing much was made of it at the time um, but this documentary really shines uh, a light on those things Things and um, and caused us to really revisit it and and discuss it in real time. You know, a couple of the moments that came to my mind that came out in in not just five and six, but in four, where the Detroit Pistons, um, after losing to the uh, the the ninety one Chicago Bulls as they advanced to their first NBA championship, the Detroit Pistons, including Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, and uh, John Sally and and a few others refused to shake the hands of the Chicago Bulls as they exited the floor heading to the locker room after that loss and uh, and that really resonated with uh, Michael Jordan and with the and with the, the other Chicago Bulls players and it was brought to bear and brought out during that uh, fourth episode and and in some parts of episode five Isaiah made his point about why he uh, decided not to shake uh, Michael Jordan's hand. Um, he said that that was not something that you did back then. He referred to the, to the Celtics and and how when they uh, they they finally beat the uh, Boston Celtics uh, that uh, Kevin McHale was walking off the court and uh, he basically Isaiah basically had to run him down just to shake his hand before he left the court and so uh, Isaiah's point was during that that time that that era in the NBA players did not uh, uniformly uh, walk up to uh, their um, their op- opponents that they lost to and uh, shake their hands but uh, Michael Jordan uh, emphasized that um, 
he had done so uh, the two years prior to uh, Chicago beating the Detroit Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. The two years that they lost to the Pistons uh, where he thought they were, you know, um, possibly a better team or whatnot. Michael Jordan Steele went up to uh, went up to Isaiah, shook his hand, and uh, expressed his um, congratulations to them uh, in the midst of them losing to the Detroit Pistons. And so um, you could see the the the, um, the you can still you could still see the fragments of the frustration and the anger that exi- and resentment that exists between the two uh, sports figures. You know Isaiah as well as as MJ and MJ really didn't, um, you know, hide it at all. Of course, Isaiah said that, um, you know, knowing what we know now, we definitely would have done things a bit differently. Oh, you know, because time, um, you know, being able to look back and see what the mistakes we made, we of course would have corrected that if we had the opportunity. That was his kind of way of apologizing to Michael Jordan. But Mike wasn't really, uh, really trying to hear that at that moment uh, but another moment that came out of the of episode five and six on uh, Sunday uh, again uh, the docuseries or documentaries airs at nine o'clock on Sundays the last dance we are now uh, getting ready to see episode seven and eight this coming Sunday uh, uh, 9 p.m. on ESPN but what came out of uh, five and six was um uh, Isaiah being left off of the 1992 Dream Team. And that was definitely uh, a conversation that many of us had, a side conversation that many of us had about him being left off of, uh, you know, arguably one of the greatest basketball teams that was ever organized. Of course, the the Dream Team was the Olympic team that played in Barcelona, Spain, um, you know, representing the United States. Prior to them playing, the United States was always, um, you know, the underdog in the in the Olympics. Uh, it was typically a college college athletes that were playing in the Olympics, and the NBA really wanted to use this platform uh, to expand its brand overseas. And what b- better way of doing that than to put together some of the best basketball players the NBA had at that at that time? And put them on the court together, and they were called the Dream Team. And many of you know about that. And uh, and Isaiah Thomas was uh, clearly left off of this team. And what came out of uh, or what was thought back uh, in '92 when that happened was that it was primarily the um, uh, it was primarily the uh, primarily the fault of Michael Jordan. <clears throat> for um, not having uh, or not including uh, Isaiah Thomas on that 92 Dream Team. There was a clip during that episode, uh, episode five, where uh, Michael Jordan got the phone call and he said, you know, they uh, Rod Thorne at the time, who was organizing the team, uh, the the dream team asked him to be a part of it, but Michael Jordan's first remarks were or question was, well, who's all going to be there? 
<laughs> and you would think, you know, if 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 you're being asked to be a part of the Olympic team, you know, you're the the best player in the NBA, arguably one of the best players in the world, the best player in the world. Why would you care who's there and who's not? But that was his first question. And what was insinuated in that was, is Isaiah Thomas going to be there? He didn't mention him by name, but uh, in that particular uh, clip, but it was insinuated that uh, Isaiah Thomas is the person that he was concerned about. And uh, Rod Thorne indicated that, well, you don't have to worry about him because he's not going to be there. And they did not mention him by name. Um, However, um, what came out of the uh, episode five was it wasn't just Michael Jordan who had a problem with Isaiah Thomas. But it appeared to be other NBA players that were a part of the Dream Team that had a problem with him as well. And they did so because of the bad boys persona that uh, that followed the uh, Detroit Pistons uh, in their run for their two back-to-back NBA championships. And that was not... That was not Isaiah's um, persona. That was just an image that Detroit used to um, to really um, show the NBA that we're a team to be reckoned with. And that was not something that was a part of Isaiah's personality, I believe. I think this guy uh, was probably one of the nicest uh, uh, guys in the league at the time. Um, but what they did during the last dance sh- was show moments where, you know, he was up in other players' faces. Uh, you know, uh, Isaiah was a scrappy point guard. Let, let, let's, let's be honest. Let's be clear. Isaiah was a scrappy point guard. He didn't take any, uh, you know, he, he, he was not going to um, back down. Um, he, he, he was, he was, he was a, uh, um, not just uh, an athlete or a great basketball player, but he wanted to prove that uh, he could play with anybody in the league, and he was not going to back down to anyone. And I and I and I don't think that that should have been used against him uh, because you had other players like him in the league, Charles Barkley, for example, who um, played with that kind of. Uh, swagger, you know, he played like, uh, "Don't mess with me. I'm, I'm, I'm not just a, a, a power forward, but I'm somebody that will knock you out." You know, that was during the that was a, during the time of the league where they took no prisoners, where there wasn't uh, a three second violation under under the uh, under the basket, where uh, there wasn't where where you could where you could uh, foul someone, you know, and the refs wouldn't blow the whistle. You know what I'm saying? They, they play with um, more uh, there was more uh, intensity there was more um uh, you know, it was a it, it was a game a, a game that was uh, played at a I think at a um a more physical game that that's what I want to say a more physical game than the game that's been played now and uh, I think Isaiah unfairly was given that bad boy image even though that was not who I believe he was and this is coming from you know a Detroit Pistons fan it's probably you know of course what some would say that you know my opinion is is 
is somewhat um, uh, uh, biased because I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. But uh, I'm saying that to say that I don't believe it was a deserved persona because he was not that kind of person. And he demonstrated that in his interview when he was honest uh, about uh, how the decision to leave him off the team hurt him, uh, as well as uh, he was very candid about, uh, you know, why he and other players decided not to shake the Chicago Bulls' hands after they lost to them. You know, he could have easily decided not to talk about that during the interview. But because of the kind of person he is, you know, he did not want to deprive the fans of the sport of basketball uh, the opportunity to talk about that moment. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that's what makes him a great player and a great person because some would have said, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want that. I don't want that a part of the interview. We're not going to talk about that. But no, Isaiah, I think, was uh, uh, he wanted to make sure that the the record was clear and that uh, Michael Jordan understood why he did it and that if he had to do it over again, he would do it differently. But um, I, you know, I'm I'm really intrigued by this Last Dance docu- documentary. Uh, I believe Charles Barkley and his comments, as we opened up with, uh, really, um, you know, spoke uh, volumes about you know what he thought of Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan. Um, you know, the documentary itself again is great because it's bringing out things that you and I have thought about. Um, you know, uh, when we were just we're having discussions about uh, Michael Jordan and him being the greatest basketball player of all time and the Chicago Bulls and the teams that they played against and all of the things, all of the side things that came out of uh, him playing in the league and other great players playing in the league. All of these things are coming to bear in this last dance docu- documentary. I really applaud ESPN and Netflix for putting this documentary together. Uh, there's a uh, I think the timing of this is so great because it's really appointment watching. I mean, many of us are taking the time at 9 p.m. Uh, to, 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 you know, to really watch and just reflect on that, that, that 90s era because I think that was when the greatest basketball uh, was being played. Now, you know, some would say, you know, we made this made the comparison between now and then and whose teams would be better. Uh, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors of today versus the Chicago Bulls of the 90s. Who would, who, what team would be the better, better team? But, um, you know, I, 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 I think the Chicago Bulls would be better because, you know, because they were uh, a more physical team. Um, they were, uh, of course, they had the, the the greatest player of all time on their roster in Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, who would he be matched up against? Who could defend Mike? I mean, come on. So, I don't know, guys. I it's a debate I would love to have, of course. Uh, the Last Dance airs every Sunday 
We had episode seven and eight this coming Sunday, uh, May the 9th uh, at, uh, at 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 nine p.m. And I think uh, after that we have nine and ten the following Sunday, which ends the series. So this has been truly a tremendous documentary. We would love guys to get your thoughts and feedback on this tremendous documentary, The Last Dance, uh, and all that um, that 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 you think of it. Add us at Tol Radio. MSN on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up on our Facebook fan page at thinking out at Facebook.com, thinking out loud radio show. Uh, we would love to get your thoughts and feedback on this tremendous documentary. Guys, we're gonna take our last break of the night, but when we come back, we're giving you our thought of the week. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that was our show for tonight. Uh, I want to thank you for. T- I know times are tough. We have a lot going on right now. This is uncharted territory. But remember, God is still in control. I'm radio host Michael Nemes with a word of encouragement just for you. We're going to get through this together. Let's remember those who are on the front lines tackling this virus head on. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Are the real heroes and to those who lost loved ones because of the virus we are still yet praying for you those who tested positive for the virus this is not your end you are going to get through this we are going to get through this let's do what we can to stay positive stay connected stay home stay healthy and most importantly stay safe from the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. I, I was reading something the other day, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings, you know, uh, to, to really speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also a whole spectrum that, in many cases, they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases, we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously. 
And we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision. Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. In the spirit of the theme of tonight's show regarding the question of is the black vote for sale, I'm reminded of the iconic poet and spoken word artist Gil Scott Heron and his piece entitled The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. I believe his words speaks not just to the spirit of P. Diddy's comments, but reminds us of our role in changing our own destiny. We have to be actively involved in the change that we seek in this country. We can't simply depend on politicians or anyone else for that matter to pursue our interests for us. The revolution will not be televised indicates the importance of our own collective participation in our struggle for equal rights. Tonight, we share the prophetic words of Gil Scott Heron as our rallying cry for what we need to do as a race of people to thoroughly understand the significance of this moment. Take a listen. You will not be able to stay home, brother. 
will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Schaefer Award Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on the court from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R. Women Liberationist and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glenn Campbell. Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or the rare earth, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. that was our show for tonight we truly truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend this hour and a half with us we truly appreciate it thank you so much for tuning in to the thinking out loud radio show we hope you enjoyed the show tonight and our discussion of the question of is the black vote for sale of course uh, we know what the answer is uh, as well as uh, Don Lemon's comments about Donald Trump uh, and his jealousy of President Barack Obama and 
and rounding out the three topics for tonight, our discussion of uh, The Last Dance, episode five and six. We love to get your comments and thoughts about anything we discuss during tonight's show. Feel free to add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram or hit us up on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or leave us a comment from our official show page at michaelnemons.com guys a lot of ways to keep in touch with us we would love to hear from you again shouts out to Sierra Gilliam CC for her comment uh, during tonight's show thank you so much for tuning in again and we truly appreciate you remember to tune in next week we're going to have another dynamic show in store for you and remember May 11th Monday May 11th at 8pm we're planning a our first Thinking Out Loud listener event this Zoom event is going to be uh, really fun we'll have a lot of a uh, lot of hot topics to discuss and um, remember this will uh, be on Zoom video conference we'll have the link available for you uh, to chime in and to be a part of the discussion and this discussion is going to also be a part of next Tuesday's Thinking Out Loud radio show guys so we got a lot in store for you to be a part of looking forward to it I hope you are as well remember to rate review and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web well until next week and until next time remember always if you think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it if you can be it you can achieve it the power rests within you the mind is the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's thinking out loud radio show thanks for listening to subscribe to the podcast to get more info about the show and the ministry visit michaelnemons.com want to book radio host michael nemons for your next special event send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com tune in every tuesday at 8 p.m for the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you